It's another awkward cold open. Burr! Oh, so cold. But really, it's hot. You know, it's it actually kind of nice here. Oh, oh good. It's yeah, entirely finally. too hot around these parts. Hmm. I think it was like 85, I think. Like, still, you know, had the AC on. Don't, yeah. don't open the windows, but it was, uh, yeah. It was, it was 95 nice. and swamp ass here, but, you know. Yeah, sure was. Typical. Fair enough. I got cold drinks and some cool bros. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Which, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, speaking of things heating up, I guess uh, San Diego Comic-Con was this past weekend from us recording this, and uh, there was just a lot of really interesting things. Okay. I don't know much about it, so you're going to have to educate me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I completely just... I saw a few things, but I was like, eh, okay. I saw some images and some yeah. comments. Uh, images and comments. Those are some of my favorite things. Yeah, these ones weren't so good. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't like either of that, then. Uh, everybody catch the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie trailer? Yes! I'm, <sighs> I saw some I'm, stills. I need to watch the actual trailer, so. It looks amazing it and looks silly and goofy yes Good. it i'm a little worried that they're using vecna like the actual D vecna mm-hmm. mm. but uh other than that i mean it's it's that is kind of one of like the big D big bad guys but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. i just i had never seen um that terrible musical that chris pine is in into the woods into the woods until Which came out in 2014 yeah <laughs> until like this past week Jaylee was watching it and she had she was like hey i have not seen this but and she showed me this just amazingly hammy chris pine singing with other prince guy being uh, just super Bill, billy magnuson yeah doing um, agony <laughs> and i'm going that's not chris pine singing and apparently it was Chris Pine singing, and I was like, "Wow, okay." And then the D and D trailer, and I was like, "Of course he's a fucking bard because he's actually a good singer." Yeah. <laughs> so, in the trailer, yeah. he they show him playing that like that lute, and he does a little bard shimmy. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Bard shimmies are good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the movie's called Dun- Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, uh, and Hugh Grant is going to be the villain. Nice. <laughs> and I'm very excited. I hope he just continues his work from Paddington too. Very nice. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, uh they've put a release date on the TMNT Cowabunga collection, which is like all the old video games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh. You know, pack together. Very if, you, if, if you haven't played Shredder's Revenge yet, give it a shot. It's really good. I haven't. So yeah, that might be something I have to dig into. It's like six-player co-op, too. Ooh. And you can play as April and uh, Casey Jones. That is awesome. I've I've been wanting to buy it, but I just haven't had the money to. Sure. Yeah. Get a chance. Give it a play. Uh, Apparently, William Shatner's going to be in Masters of the Universe Season 3. Okay. That's a... Yeah. 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 Fuck Shatner. He's a hold on. He's... Fair enough. He may look young, but he'll fall and shatter. Well, he got that. He shatter. came out with that whole like 
Gene Roddenberry would be turning in his grave if he saw a new Star Trek. Oh, God. Fuck yeah. you, dude. That sucks. Lick a sack. Well, uh, speaking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles getting another uh, crossover comic. Nice. Nice. Ooh. So look out for that. Uh, they dropped a National Treasure Edge of History uh, behind the scenes featurette. Ooh. Okay. So we're getting the National Treasure TV show on Disney Plus. Ah, is uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew Nicholas Cage going to be in that? Uh, he's not in the behind-the-scenes featurette, so unknown as of yet. Mm. Very nice. But Disney has He'll a way. Of, Disney has a way of making these things happen. So yeah. <laughs> if anything, we might get Justin Bartha. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Probably not Comic Con related. Maybe it was. I don't know. But I saw uh-huh. that you know Disney Plus was going to be doing an Aragon series, which is which I'm excited about. I am also yeah. excited about. I didn't hate the movie, so I th- I think the movie is fineish. Fine, yeah, fineish. But Fine. I've recently read the we're reading the book series to the boys right now, and and they're really pretty good. I mean, they're obviously just like borrow all the other fantasy tropes and things. But oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's he's basically a, young adult Earthsea. Yeah, but he's a good writer, and, you know, I hope he's a good show producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Jim Lee from DC said, the Snyderverse is no more. Goodbye. Mm. Sweet. Na, 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 na. They're, <laughs> they're adding um, LeBron James to multiverses. <laughs> okay that has been the uh the gaming talk lately because he was in space jam he is a wb property that or, is great uh, license lebron james. lebron james uh they dropped the rings of power trailer mm-hmm. the new lord of the ring mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. and uh and seeing the memes of, on that one a little bit of balrog coming out wow <laughs> Apparently, Zach Galligan is going to, who's the original star of the Gremlins movies, is going to be uh, in the Secrets of the Mogwai series. Ooh. Okay. Nice. Didn't even know that was going to be a thing. I was like, oh, is that the Breaking Bad guy? But that's like Vince (laughs) Gilligan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They did the I Am Groot trailer came out. Uh, Charlie Cox is going to be voicing Daredevil again in Spider-Man freshman year. Nice. Okay. Oh, it's good to have more Cox. Yes. All the Cox. Uh, apparently Marvel Zombies is going to be TVMA. Wow. So. On Disney to, Plus. On Disney Plus. Mm. They're also putting um, Deadpool, the Deadpool movies and Logan on Disney Plus. Very uh, nice. Yeah. Parents are not excited about this. <laughs> Shitty now, parents. Well, Shitty parents, yeah. yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? The, I mean, not that I super duper care about. I mean, I don't want my kids watching Deadpool, but uh, is there any sort of parental thing or you just don't click it? <laughs> Just just don't click it, and yeah. if you have your children watching Disney+, Plus, just make them a kid's account, because yeah. that's a thing you could do on Disney+. Plus. True. Thank you. I, I don't know why people have to make such a big deal out of literally everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boredom. That's what was, we do! I was trying to find all the uh, 
all the Marvel releases. Yeah, that's where I saw the I saw some of the pictures and then the negative comments. I'm not going to feed too much into it other than I feel like, unfortunately, some of the promotional like they're not official posters, but they're like character compilations. Mm. And then they just don't do justice to the characters or something. And then somebody's like, oh, look at this. Which uh, a term that we always decry around here, the forced diversity or or whatever with mm-hmm. gen- gender and stuff like the the images they put out don't help because I and I'll blame that on Marvel's rollout or Disney's rollout or whatever of like promoting that as the thing rather than like, look at these cool characters. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's crappy when people jump on it and like the overwhelming reactions on Facebook are the ha ha react. And there's all the, all the boys causing stink in the comments. So yeah. fuck them. Nerds are the fucking worst. Yeah. yeah and, um, it sucks. I kind of wish, uh, sometimes not for the sake of gatekeeping, but just for the sake of them at least being quiet in their basements and being a nerd wasn't as cool as it is now. All right. Um, going down here. All right. So here we go. This is this is everything Marvel rolled out, and then we'll get into the show. Okay. All right. So uh, the August seventeenth, we're getting She-Hulk Attorney at Law, which they dropped a, a full trailer for. Uh, November eleventh, twenty twenty-two, we're getting Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which oh, is going, so good. Which they did a tease. Uh, I guess a teaser for. And mm. it looks amazing, and mm. it's going to finish off phase four of Marvel. Nice. And then we kick off phase five. We kick off phase five, February 17th, 2023, with Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, spring 2023, we're getting the Disney Plus Secret Invasion series. Mm. May 5th, 2023, we're getting Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. Summer 2023, we're getting the Echo Disney Plus series. Summer 2023, we're getting Loki Season 2, which I'm fine with not getting. Uh, July 28th, 2023, we're getting the Marvels. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Miss Marvel yet, I highly recommend it. Do you uh, still need to watch that? It's so good. Probably the best thing that Marvel put out since 2014. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fall 2023, Ironheart, the Disney Plus series. November 3rd, 2023, we're getting Blade, the movie. Nice. Winter 2023, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, the Disney mm-hmm. Plus series. Spring 2024, Daredevil Born Again. So Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are coming back for an 18-episode run of a Daredevil series. Okay. 18 yeah. episodes. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> Um, May 3rd, 2024, Captain America, New World Order. So we're getting our first full-length feature with Sam Wilson as Captain America. Nice. And then Phase 5 wraps up on July 26, 2024 with Thunderbolts, the Marvel's answer to the Suicide Squad. All right. Okay. Uh, Which I'm curious about because with getting Spider-Man freshman year somewhere in there. Uh, the Thunderbolts are often led by uh, Norman Osborn, uh, which uh, is, of course, the Green Goblin. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if 
we'll get a live action version of the animated Norman Osborn. Yeah. Uh, and then they announced Fantastic Four, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars as part of Phase 6. Hmm. I'll say about half of that does not excite me. The other half I don't know much about, so that kind of excites me. That's kind of where I'm at. I um, let them keep making their money. Whatever. Yeah. I'll say, uh, I'll say I think the She-Hulk series looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think Black Panther looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, okay. Secret Invasion, okay. Guardians Volume 3. I think Guardians has been consistently the best thing in Marvel. And I think yeah. they said, uh, James Gunn said, like, 3 is the last one that he's yeah, doing. They're doing. Chris Pratt are done with it. Yeah, they're doing the I Am Groot series, and they're doing the holiday special this Christmas, and <laughs> then... Volume three is supposed to be the end of it. Cool. Uh, Echo can be interesting. I know nothing about that. Yeah, me either. Uh, Loki season two, I'm not interested in. The Marvels, I'm mostly interested in because uh, I really liked Miss Marvel. I Mm -hmm. really think Miss Marvel is the best thing that the MCU has done. Fair enough. Ironheart, I'm excited about, and I'll be more excited after she. uh, Riri Williams is in the preview the wakanda forever preview Mm -hmm. so i'll be more excited after i see that film i'm excited about blade but mostly because mahershal ali yeah don't care about agatha coven and chaos she was i love katherine hahn but that character was the worst thing about wandavision yep second worst sorry uh darcy darcy is the worst thing in the mcu fair enough (laughs) okay sure yep (laughs) Uh, Daredevil Born Again, I'm interested to see what a Disney Plus version of the Netflix Daredevil looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Captain America New World, I'm uh, New World Order, I'm interested in that, but only so much, and yep. uh, I don't know who, who the creative team behind it is. Right. That'll get me more excited if it's somebody I care about. True. And Thunderbolt, I, I think depending on what we get as the lineup, I, I'm going to be interested in Fantastic Four Again, depends on the creative team because now um, Mark Webb, the guy who did all the Spider-Man movies, has stepped away from it. Not Mark mm-hmm. Webb. No, Mark Webb was the other one. Eh, whoever, whoever it was just did all the Spider-Man movies. And um, there's only been one good Avengers movie, so I'm, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I'm excited about that. Yeah. Ending with the the two Avengers titles, I was like that kind of let yeah. the air out of it at the end for me. I was like, yeah, but. We'll see but, what everything brings. Oh, and uh, the most important news, uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods trailer dropped. It is the greatest superhero franchise right now. So <laughs> I, saw, I saw the meme that was like uh, Marvel at Comic-Con and it's just like, here's all the others. So like just fucking the, everything. The Simpsons one. The Simpsons one. Yeah. And it's like DC. Uh, we have Shazam and evil Shazam. Yeah. Yep. Bank shirt. Okay. Bank share that. I was like, I would trade the entire Marvel slate for Shazam and evil Shazam. So so I think DC actually won. I am with you. Speaking of DC. Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie.
Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscarsity Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, trying to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, which is sort of like an alternate universe version of Michael Keaton dealing with the fallout of being Batman and kicking off the whole comic era and trying to deal with celebrity and finding some truth in the world. Mm. Is this everybody's first time seeing Birdman? Yes. No. No for me, Zach. Do you remember when you saw Birdman first? Uh, it was uh, shortly before the Oscars. I did not see it in theaters. I'm guessing you did? I did. Very nice. Yeah. I was afraid we weren't going to get it here because it took so long to release around here. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I believe I also saw it fairly shortly before the Oscars. Nice. Sorry, I took a little pause because I got a message during the the opening oh. saying that MGM has lost the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise. Oh, no. And Tomb Raider 2 uh, will not be going ahead with Alicia Vikander, who is also out of the role. Tomb Raider 2? Was there a 1? Yeah. Came out mm-hmm. a couple years ago. It is. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. They did that I... reboot reboot one that was based more off of the new games. Uh, okay, sure. So I uh, I just wanted to let you know that's why I paused. Anyway, Fair enough. So now that we got that, let's uh let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it, down. it is a ponderous February twenty second, twenty fifteen. Uh, we were at the Dolby Theater. Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Our host this evening is the one, the only, the great Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he's very good. Our uh, most nominated films on the evening are Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, and The Grand Budapest Hotel at nine apiece. (laughs) Our most awarded films on the evening are Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, and the Grand Budapest Hotel at four apiece. Jonathan's eyes disappeared for a second, rolling back in his head there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, best picture, of course, goes to Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And it's the last time I'm going to read out the full title. So thank you. I just, I just don't feel like it anymore. I thought I, I was going to go. I thought I was going to roll with it, but I've already annoyed myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our, uh, uh, it beats out American Sniper, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. <laughs> best Director goes to Alejandro Diñárritu for Birdman. Our Best Actor for some baffling reason I will never understand as long as I live goes to Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything, stealing Michael Keaton's Academy Award for Birdman. Mm-hmm. Stole it. I'll have some thoughts later. Yeah. Yeah. Just more quantifiable acting. Best Actress finally goes to Julianne Moore. Hooray! Her still, still Alice. Best Supporting Actor goes to J.K. Simmons for Whiplash. Yes! Jonathan's dancing. And we'll talk it about is that. 
It is a bittersweet win for Jonathan because his favorite actor of all time, Edward Norton, loses for Birdman. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> uh, okay, that's a tough uh, one. But we'll get there. Best supporting actress goes to Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, beating out Emma Stone for Birdman. Mm-hmm. Best original screenplay. Goes to Birdman, giving Alejandro G. Inyar to Nicolas Giacobone, Alexander Dinalaris Jr., and Armando Bow Academy Awards, giving Alejandro his third one on the evening. Because I forgot to say that. Why does everybody who works on this fucking movie have the stupidest names? Um, I just love the fact that Armando Bow is the one that we can guarantee you got correct ish. <laughs> I'm. Let's just fall. Okay, oh, I'm pretty sure I got Jaco right. Uh, Nicolas Jacobone. 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 Oh, okay. Jacobone. Okay, yeah, you might be right. Uh, because I, so going back to this, I forgot to say that in yard two, John Lesher and James W. Scotch Dobel <laughs> <laughs> got. That's the, not a real name. Got the producing awards. Okay. <laughs> Best adapted screenplay goes to the imitation game. This is a terrible category. It's one of the worst categories I've ever seen. Especially seeing how it's fucking wrong. Yes, it is. But, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, best animated feature goes to Big Hero 6. Hooray! The best Disney Marvel film. Yes. Uh, best foreign language film goes to Ida. Ida, I'm not sure I said that clearly enough. Uh, From Poland, that's a gorgeous film. Best documentary feature goes to Citizen Four. One word. Citizen Four. It's one about Snowden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best documentary short subject goes to Cross is Hot. Wow. Cross is Hot. (laughs) Crossfire. (laughs) Crisis Hotline. (laughs) Now that's going to be in my head for the next week. Thank you. You're welcome. Crisis Hotline, Veterans Press 1. Okay. Best live action short film goes to The Phone Call. Ring. Best animated short film goes to Feast, which is that cute uh, Pixar short. Maybe it was Disney Animation Studios. About the little dog that eats everything. Oh, yeah. That's a cute one. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on Disney Plus. It's on there. It's, yeah. it's adorable. Feast. Fair enough. I remember that. Best original score goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel, giving Alexandre Desplat an Academy Award, finally. Hooray! He deserved one. Best original song goes to Glory from Selma, giving John Stevens, a.k.a. John Legend, and Lonnie Lynn, a.k.a. Common, Academy Awards. Yeah, that... uh... I, I sometimes I just watch the performance from the Oscars of that too because it was so good. Yeah, and but I would have, would have been much happier if it didn't beat everything as awesome, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Greg Alex uh, Lost Stars from Begin Again gets nominated, and Greg Alexander, who is the uh, main new driving Radicals. force behind the New Radicals, yeah. got nominated for an Academy mm. Award. Uh, I do not believe he wore his bucket hat mm. to the Academy Award ceremony. Shame. 
Best sound editing goes to American Sniper. Mm-hmm. Beating out Birdman. Was, Inter- out. Was, was Interstellar nominated? Yes. For sound editing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, American Sniper winning anything, getting nominated for anything, is a horrible mistake. Mm-hmm. Best sound mixing goes to Whiplash. Yes. Beating out Birdman. Best production design goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yay! Best cinematography goes to Birdman, giving Emmanuel Lubezki his second Academy Award in a row, making him the fourth person to win two consecutive Best Cinematography Awards. The last time this happened was when John Toll won back-to-back for 1994's Legends of the Fall and 1995's Braveheart. Hmm. Ah, good. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Best costume design goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yum. Best film editing and one of the most deserved wins mm. of this evening goes to Whiplash. Yep. God damn, the editing in that movie is so tense. Okay. And best visual effects goes to Interstellar. Oof. That's a... I mean... That a category. deserved one, but that category is yeah hard. That category is really good, and also X Men: Days of Futures Past. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, uh, honorary awards. One goes to Jean Claude Carrière, whose elegantly crafted screenplays elevate the art of screenwriting to the level of literature. Hayao Miyazaki picking yeah, up an honorary boy. award. A master storyteller whose animated artistry has inspired filmmakers and audiences around the world. Mm -hmm. Maureen O'Hara, one of Hollywood's brightest stars whose inspiring performance glowed with passion, warmth, and strength. Yay! The Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award for the evening goes to Harry Belafonte for a lifetime of demonstrating how art is ennobled by ceaseless courage and conscience. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, I did one of these fuck ups again. <gasps> we, have, we have a Courtney Sawyer award tonight that went to David W. Gray. I'm going to cover that next week. Okay. I've just had a very busy week. Understandable. Uh, my, my sister and her kids have been in town. Yeah, we understand. Things happen. I'm trying to find a new job. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. It's ridiculous. You yep. get it. You get it. So, uh, holding off on our Gordon e. Sawyer Award for the evening, that is our Oscar breakdown. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Let's talk, talk about this movie. I could not enjoy this movie. Uh-oh. Okay. I could not enjoy this good movie. Mm. The purposeful choice of needing to have the camera on everybody's fucking face the entire goddamn time. Like it, it was so crowded to me. I was, my anxiety was nuts the entire time. They were so fucking close. And I know it was a decision, a purposeful decision 
and a choice that I'm sure was a good choice, but for me made it a very difficult watch. That being said, it was a really good movie and I could listen to Michael Keaton in his Birdman voice, (laughs) read me the Bible and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I just, it literal anxiety. Like I was just like, could we back the fuck up just like a little bit? Like I just felt like I was being crowded. Yeah. I I can, I can understand. Like, I think, like you said, it's a purple, purposeful choice. And, you know, just like the whole editing it to make it seem like one continuous shot and everything Mm -hmm. is just so frantic, frenetic and overwhelming is a choice but I understand how that can be very uncomfortable for some people. Like, like you said, you know, you couldn't go see gravity because you knew that movie would nope. fuck you up. Nope. I, I just, it, Oh God. And like I said, it was a good movie. It was a really good movie. And I don't like Emma stone. I think she's the C tier at best and she was okay. So yeah, this is my favorite performance of hers. I don't love her either, but I, I like her okay in this movie. I like her more yeah. in Easy A. I haven't seen that, so I knew it. She's much better in that. I don't. I don't think she's given anything to do in this fucking movie. Not that I'm also not a fan of Emma Stone. I don't understand why she got anointed as like the next big thing. And not to disparage leading actresses of Asian descent. Yeah. Uh, it's never gonna get old. Um. But I, I was uh, sh- I was pretty sure Jonathan was about to say he couldn't enjoy this movie because this movie is everything he claims Wes Anderson films are. This was a very artsy movie. A very sniff-fartsy movie, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was sniff-fartsy, but it was definitely up there. I, but I, it was still enjoyable. I think the first time I watched this movie, I was so taken by the craft it is uh, a very visually striking film mm-hmm. yeah i don't think there's any point to it being edited as one take and it shows it's such an empty film that there's no point to it and i was also taken by michael keaton the first time i watched it but watching this at home on my tv i was bored through most of it and mm-hmm. It's like, all right, in yard two, we can get on with this. This doesn't need to be two fucking hours. So you were bored, huh? Yeah, I I think this film is empty. It doesn't have a lot to say, and most of the things it does have to say are bad. Oh, well, I well, I don't think it's bad. I don't I, think uh, the movie's bad. I just I think, think a lot a of the things it has to say are bad. Well, I um. I feel like it's a it's kind of funny that it's like a commentary on uh, self-serious celebrities and, uh, you know, you've got the critic there that takes jabs at celebrities who think they're more important than they are. And they try to put themselves into serious art and for awards consideration. And then it ends up winning Best Picture is kind of ironic. Yeah, um, and 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 then Yard Two turns around and does a very self serious movie after this. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I I find it a very engaging movie, and I feel like the the single edit really. I mean, 
I guess I'm out of out of place here because you're the theater guy, but I thought it gave it more of a theater feeling, like you know, the constant everything moving on and going around. But but you're given a break and you've been in theater. Like you're not given a I don't like that that edit editing way. I don't like it. It it you were not given a moment to just yeah. kind of I didn't, soak I didn't anything want in. one. I didn't want one. I'd I'd really? loved how uh you know Keaton and uh Norton were arguing with each other and you know him uh being kind of a jab at method actors and mm. and I don't know. I I enjoyed it and I like it. I, I would have liked it more if it went the route that I thought it was going to where because Zach Galifianakis was actually pretty good in this. Zach Galifianakis is, is excellent in this film. Yeah. <laughs> so when you would get those moments where they're using characters like him, but only as transportation to basically bring the camera back to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I would have liked more of the people that they used as transportation. I would have liked separate, like CD stories to just go, you know, here's this to kind of take a break from that. Um, yeah. But, but they, but that's not how it was used. Like I said, they were literally just there to move the camera to this spot. So I, I, I just like, I, I don't know. It, it is a good movie, but I don't know if it's a good movie because Michael Keaton is just awesome. I, I think that's exactly it. I, I think the movie's okay. And if Keaton's not as good as he is in it and Norton too, because mm-hmm. I honestly like none, none of these, this ensemble, except for Keaton and Norton get to do anything in this movie. No. They have lines, they say things, but none of those characters matter. You can take half of them out and the movie's still the same. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think that's unfortunately fair of, or fair, unfortunately true of, uh, Akis, who's doing everything he can with a role that he's obviously very happy to have. Yeah. Mostly I think this film just has a lot of hostility towards theater culture. Like it has kind of like an elitist thing to it. Or it, it's elitist in itself, but it's like, but theater people are the ones who are elitist. <laughs> Look enough. how elitist all these theater people are. <laughs> We're just these lowly movie actors who just want to be taken seriously. You just collect your fucking millions of dollars and shut the hell up. Yeah, I guess, you know, I understand. Uh, but I guess I, I, I really kind of painted it. The MCU and stuff wasn't quite what it was when this film came out, but I'm looking back on it like as a statement against like the whole clip of him walking in his underwear and that going viral and that being what it takes to get the attention. And, you know, she makes him a Twitter and, and, and the chaos and everything being the, what gets you the attention and and gets you the, the fame rather than something that a story that has real heart, not saying that this story itself has heart, but that's what it's like trying to talk about. Well, see, I actually saw that as like a good thing is what the movie was trying to say as like, it's time to, you know, stop. Like, this is the way things are now. You can tell, like you are growing in popularity because of social media. Granted, because you walked around naked, whatever, but I, I I saw them kind of like embracing the more modern way of marketing. Um, but I, I, I definitely see where Paul's coming from. It, it's, 
you know, it's it's a fucking job, guys. Quit, yeah. Quit taking yourselves too fucking seriously. Yeah, you're all you're all getting paid way more money than any of us are yeah. to do like, the thing that you say that you love. Who Whether, are you crying to? <laughs> yeah, you know, like I've been in some shitty plays. I've been in some shitty plays that I got paid for too. And you know what? I did those plays because it got paid because I'm a fucking sellout. <laughs> like I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm sure if I would have made it big, I'd have plenty to complain about. Blah 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 blah. But at the same time, like you're all making, you're you're going to be in this play for a few months, and you're going to make more than I'm going to make this year. Yeah. And then on the flip side, this movie's complaining about that kind of culture. It's like all of most of you made a couple hundred thousand to millions of dollars making this movie. Can we please stop whining about it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just stuff about tortured artists that get kind of dull. Hmm. Fair. I like the framing device of Michael Keaton playing some sort of version of himself, though, like, you know, never having the third realized Burton Batman movie and kind of having a weird career for the rest of the 90s before having a resurgence as a, I guess, serious actor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just looked at it kind of somewhat a twisted autobiographical thing. And Mm -hmm. see, I never... uh, I, I I personally, now that you say it, I see that, but I didn't see that at all. Only because I was never, I never understood Keaton as Batman because I always saw Keaton as like Mr. Mom or the guy from multiplicity later on, but or Johnny I, dangerously, or Johnny dangerously or fucking Beetlejuice. I just was like, I never just tied him to just Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that I guess for people who watch a lot of movies and you know Batman is where I first saw Keaton. Yeah. I was just that kid that would watch anything on TV and if Michael Keaton's name was attached to it I was like, "Hell yeah. I love Michael Keaton. Let's watch this." Yeah. And so I watched Gung Ho and I watched Mr. Mom and I love Beetlejuice like Michael Keaton's never been just Batman to me. He's been Michael Keaton my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, right. But that, I guess that's me. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Multiplicity might be the movie that I still quote more than any other movie. Mm-hmm. Just because that movie's fucking hilarious. Touch my peppy, Steve. We're going to go eat a dolphin. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, you guys got any more notes on this movie? Uh, I'm gonna look back. At, I'm looking at my review from February February twelfth, twenty fifteen. That's apparently when I watch it. Mm, well, maybe I feel more than I did now, uh, or feel now more than I did then. It said technologically amazing, terrifically acted, and the presentation is flawless. So why don't I feel more? Hmm. Mm. The majority of the film, I found myself wondering where Birdman was headed, where our aging hero was going to land. I admire many of the industry criticism and in-jokes, but I was disappointed at a lack of conclusion to the story. Still, the film's an important landmark in filmmaking because the style alone is a unique vision that will be hard to recreate. That's what I said back then. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the 
the idea of what is art and who gets to make art. I don't know. I don't know. See, I, I still take myself too seriously. I haven't grown up like you have, Paul. So <laughs> I'll get there one day. Yeah, it just, I don't know. For someone who hasn't spent any time in this industry, I just find myself ruminating a lot on the ideas that they put forth. And I just find most of it very dull. There's so many, there's so few movies about movies that I like and movies about plays are, I think fewer, even fewer and far in between. Gotcha. Because, because they create this divide and it's like, you know, if somebody's a fucking, if someone's a fucking actor, just let them be an actor, like wherever they want to be an actor. And if they're using, if they're using their clout to put on another piece of art, then shut the fuck up about it. (laughs) You know, a movie that, uh, kind of, this reminds me of a little bit, but is more sincere and less chaotic is drive my car in a way like, but it has more of a message about humanity than this does. Yeah. This one's, this one's a little more nihilistic, especially when it comes to the end and he's shot his face off and they're like, that's the only way you can, you can, you can get any respect in the theater is to literally bleed for your art. Like, oh god no no get off it and then the the fucking theater critic is just like you're tv you're a movie actor so i'm just gonna thrash your play and not even care what if it's any good or not that's not how criticism works like shut up well don't you think some critics are out there thinking that i mean i don't know if it represents something that is a reality i i don't think any critic that holds that much weight is that person? Uh, I think if if you're fucking uh, Joe Jackoff from JoeJackoff.com, maybe. <laughs> but you know that wasn't. He's a Jackoff, though. Yeah, and he's a Jackoff. But that wasn't. You know, she's she's supposed to be like the voice in theater. They they give her so much weight yeah. as a character, and I realize she's supposed to just be like a stand-in for professional criticism. Um which is always a very thinly veiled, thin skin to put in a movie. True. Um, you know, that, that isn't like if any critic worth their salt is going to take the, the art that they are taking in and on merit. And if a man has directed and written and acted his ass off in a play that's allegedly as good as this one's supposed to be, the theater critics are going to be like, all right, I guess like, I, I got to give you your flowers for doing the thing you did. They're not out for blood. Criticism just doesn't work like that. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we can go ahead and move on. And uh, let's talk about some Razzies here real quick with a Razzie Roundup. Oh, let's do this. Razzie Roundup. All right. So I kind of love this here. So we'll start off with our worst picture. Okay. Saving Christmas. Okay, very deserved. The Kurt Cameron <laughs> saving Christmas, put Christ back in Christmas. <laughs> Beating out, left behind. Oh, the Nicolas Cage one. The Nicolas Cage one. Okay. That, oh, not the Kurt Cameron one? <laughs> not the Kurt Cameron one. <laughs> that came out like 12 years earlier or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, gotcha. Um, 
also beating out The Legend of Hercules, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Transformers Age of Extinction. Can I say something? Of course. Yeah. I don't hate the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. I haven't seen the second one, but I think the first one's really, really bad. It's not good. And the second one's not good either, but it felt like the cartoons. I I would have to re-watch it, which I not want to do. Mm-hmm. These and Michael, I don't think you should. Are these the Michael Bay ones, or are these something else? So, yeah, yeah Michael Bay by Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one was directed by Jonathan Liebsman. Liebsman. Who is a much less talented director than Michael Bay. Okay. Yeah, there's just a whole, like, sequence where they're doing the turtles backstory in that movie. And it is the dumbest piece of film I have ever seen. Yeah. No, like I'm not saying they're good (laughs) movies at all. No, I'm just saying they're not the worst. And they just felt like the cartoons in a live action. That's what, especially the second one. I will, I will give it the credit of not being as bad as the next mutation. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, as an interesting segue, we'll move on to the worst director, uh, Michael Bay, for Transformers Age of Extinction. Beating out Jonathan Leesman for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Darren Doan, Dwayne, 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 for Saving Christmas, Rennie Harlan for The Legend of Hercules, and Seth MacFarlane for Only a Million Ways to Die in the West. I don't think that movie was bad enough to get Ranzi's. Nope. It's not, it's not a good movie, but nope. it's not. It's a one-time laugh and move on. Yeah, the, I and laughed I, uh, way more in that movie than I did in Ted. And I like Ted. I do. Uh, and that's fine, because they're not good, again. Just, <laughs> I like Seth MacFarlane as a person. Like, like, I like him as a creator. Family Guy aside, I enjoy his other stuff. I, but I would, I would let Seth MacFarlane do dirty things to me. He is a handsome man. He is a handsome His voice is just so buttery all right uh worst actor goes to kirk cameron and saving christmas uh show me that smile again show me that smile don't waste another minute on you crying it's a beautiful moment guys i enjoyed that (laughs) uh beating out uh sophia coppola's cousin nicholas cage and left behind uh kellen lutz in the legend of hercules seth MacFarlane, a million days to die in the west and adam sandler in blended Oh, I just remember what that Legend of Hercules movie is, and it is awful. Yeah, it's also the year because it's Legend of Hercules because Hercules also came out in uh, 2014 as well, and that was yes. the uh, the rock one. Hold on, <laughs> let me go. Let me check something real quick. My bottom <laughs> twenty uh, so far: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deservedly so. Again, I have literally seen none of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Left Behind is number nine, and Transformers is number eight. Nice. Uh, and yes, The Legend of Hercules was my number one worst film of the year. Nice. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, worst actress went to Cameron Diaz in The Other Women and Sex Tape. Sex Tape is also in my bottom 20, and it was number 14. Nice. I wonder if the Razzies got some new uh, people were running it because they seem to be more on the ball this year. Oh, you know what? And we're going to kind of get there because we'll wait for it. So works actress also uh, Cameron Diaz beat out Drew Barrymore, uh, Melissa McCarthy and Tammy, uh, Charlize Theron and William Million Days to Die in the West and Gaia Weiss. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Green Water Vice. Um, so this one's a little weird. Uh, worst supporting actor goes to Kelsey Grammer for The Expendables 3, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return, Think Like a Man 2, and Transformers Age of Extinction, uh, Tin Man, and I think that was it. Oh, no, okay. Uh, and Transformers Age of Extinction, Tin Man was his role in Legend of Oz, Dorothy's Return. Okay. So. Wow. So apparently he was a... Uh, Scrambling some eggs. Is that Turtle in Think Like a Man 2? Looks like yes. Turtle. Okay. Oh, nice. I need to put this on here. I, I put a number zero for my bottom 20, and I put Saving Christmas. <laughs> nice. I was hoping to see Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, but I had to drive about an hour to see it. That seemed a little excessive, so we'll <laughs> give it an honorary spot until I actually see it. <laughs> um, let's see. Kelsey Grammer beat out Mel Gibson in Expendables 3, Shaquille O'Neal in Blended, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Expendables 3, and Kiefer Sutherland in Pompeii. Uh, Worst Supporting Actress goes to Megan Fox in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, beating out Cameron Diaz in Annie. I completely forgot that was a fucking movie. Mm. Uh, Nicola Peltz in Transformers Age of Extinction. Uh, Bridget Cameron uh, Ridnor in Saving Christmas. Uh, and Susan Sarandon in <laughs> Well done. <laughs> mm. Uh, worst screen combo goes to Kirk Cameron and his ego in Saving Christmas, uh, beating out any two robots in Transformers, Cameron Jason, uh, Jason Segal in Sex Tape, Kellen Lutz, and either his abs, his pecs, or his glutes in The Legends of Hercules, and Seth MacFarlane and Charlie Theron in A Million Days to Die in the West. Uh, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel goes to Annie. Beating out Atlas Shrugged Part 3, who is John Galt, uh, The Legend of Hercules, oh Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, Age of Extinction. I still haven't seen any of those Atlas Shrugged. I didn't know they made more than just the first one. Yeah, it. I think they were trying to go for a Lord of the Rings thing with them. <laughs> that did not work out. Uh, worst screenplay goes to Saving Christmas, Beating Out Left Behind, Sex Tape, TMNT, and Transformers. And it looks like they added a new topic. I hope this is something that they keep going with. The Razzie Redeemer Award. Oh, yeah, they do. They they keep this up for a bit. Nice. I don't think they give it every year, but they'll give it like to someone who really deserves it. So this year, uh, Ben Affleck wins from Razzie winner for Geely to Oscar Darling for Argo and Gone Girl. Uh, beating out Jennifer Aniston uh, for Cake. She was, she was good in that. Mike Myers for Super Mensch, The Legend of Shep Gordon. Uh, Keanu seen. Reeves for John Wick. And Kristen Stewart for Camp X-Ray. So I kind of like that. I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. If Trav was here, he'd say, I like that. So that is our Razzie Roundup. And let's get into our worstie judgments. <laughs> All right, so, hey, Zach. Hi. Good question for you, buddy. Hi. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? You rank these things. My uh, my very uh, wicked crime is that I have yet to see Whiplash. I, I know. That is, that is criminal. <laughs> I know, it is. Um, when I see it. The only other one of the nominees, uh, I've only seen part of American Sniper. I admit I just didn't, I didn't uh, care to go back to it. One of the very few movies I've never uh, finished, and I don't, I don't know. I Maybe will tell I, you I, all the things you are missing in a list. 
one a fake baby. That's the whole list. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so American Sniper is at the bottom of my list there. Uh, then I have Theory of Everything, which I actually really like that movie, but I'm a, a sap and I went and saw it and Caitlin and I saw it and we were crying in the theater together and we were like, oh my gosh, what a good, what a good story. What a lovely movie. So, and you know, Eddie Redmayne's been pretty one note ever since. So <laughs> retroactively, I can understand, you know, but I liked it at the time. Um, after that, next I have Imitation Game, which I think is a good movie, but you know, there's not, there's some inaccuracies but I, I i think the most important thing about the movie is that it brought attention to the story and you know i'd never heard anything about it honestly I, I, surprisingly i and now nowadays you see all sorts of memes and things about alan turing and so um that's a good thing that came out of it next of the others number three i have boyhood which i think is a great movie i need to revisit uh, again because my criticism at the time was dumb because my my issue with it is i don't think the boy grew up to be a great actor but that's hard to fault the movie because you're literally following him for his life and but i felt like he took me out of it a little bit towards the end but that's literally my only criticism that's a great film uh next i have selma which i think is also amazing and then number one is a uh, grand budapest hotel of course the best movie of 2014 um I put Birdman in at number four. I don't. I I don't necessarily think it deserved Best Picture. I'm. I think it's kind of a weird win. Um, Selma or Grand Budapest would have been my picks. I wouldn't have been mad at Boyhood winning either. Shout out to Gone Girl, Interstellar, Nightcrawler, The Lego Movie, Big Hero Six, and Winter Soldier. So uh, I'll go with a soft no. I don't think it deserved it. Fair enough. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go with a harder no. And again, it was a good movie, but it wasn't fucking Whiplash. And Whiplash is my number two favorite film of all time. It is. It, every time I watch it, I go, do I like this more than Braveheart? Ooh. And then I give it like an hour and go, no, I still love Braveheart. But <laughs> I am just, oh my fucking God, Whiplash is so good. Anyway, the rest of the list, I haven't fucking seen. Uh, <laughs> some of them I probably should have. Boyhood, for some strange reason, just really didn't draw me at all. Um, Linklater's weird. Yeah, he is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, <laughs> I, it's just so weird that you go, oh, yeah, School of Rock, uh, Scanner Darkly. Okay. Um, sure. I, he also, like, I just don't understand him at all. Just fucking at all. <laughs> like, his career just confuses the absolute shit out of me. Richard Linklater is a dude who does not like resting on his laurels. He's like, all right, I did that thing. Let me try something else now. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just like, I think I want to do this today. All right, I'm, dude. Like, he's I think just I'm like, just gonna go remake the bad news. Band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just and you know a, what? Kudos on him. So yeah. he's got all these like uh, masterfully written, uh, thoughtful pieces, and then he'll like just do something weird out of 
Well, and he's got that merrily we roll along coming at some point, which is a fucking uh, Sondheim. Yeah, like I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, I, that's a great show. So we got that, and um, I really thought like I had the time last night. I was like, do I? I sit down and watch the Grand Budapest Hotel. Do I just let them know on the podcast? Don't tell them ahead of time. And then I remember the last time I sat and fucking watched a Wes Anderson movie and made it an hour and 19 minutes in and go, I'm fucking done. Yeah, don't do it to yourself. So, you know what? I'm just going to let you guys enjoy it. Um, have fun. Uh, yeah, uh, The Imitation Game, another one that uh, I, I like Crinkle Fries. I just haven't watched that. American Sniper is one I just don't fucking care. That movie, the only reason it got any kind of fucking attention is it. Anytime I think about that shit, I think about the German guy in Inglorious Bastards, and I go, that's exactly what you guys are fucking doing right now. So, congratulations. Yep. Yep. So, like, it is that exact fucking movie. The complete lack of irony for essentially making Daniel Brühl's character. Also oh. from a terrible person. Yep. So, yeah. And the theory of everything, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't like Eddie Redmayne. I, even though I enjoy ish, the newer uh, Harry Potter movies, uh, because I just think they're so bad that I can enjoy the shit out of how bad that they are. <laughs> so Eddie Redmayne being the least character in the movies that are supposed to be about his character. So, I enjoy that. But yeah, in the end, Whiplash should have fucking won. Even if I felt like this movie, if Birdman should have deserved Best Picture, um, I'd still say no because Whiplash came out that year. Zach, seriously, if I was going to say you need to put on your list and put it at the top, it needs to be Whiplash. Like, I will, if I need to buy you a copy and send it to you, I will do that because. Fuck that movie is so good. I'm gonna watch it in October. It's, it's so good. It's so I, good. I have anyway, a, I have some time slotted for. I need to watch. I need to watch Whiplash. I need to watch Midsummer and. Uh, I need to watch um, Heredity. Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones I. I was gonna put those on a list, but I didn't know when to put them there. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's me, Paul. Okay. I want to do my top 20 thing again, but yeah, there yeah. are three movies in this list that are not in my top 20. So I'm going to rank those first. Sure. Okay. Uh, at the bottom of the list is American sniper. Fuck that movie. It's trash. Apparently Chris Kyle is a horrible human being. Fuck him. Fuck that movie. Fuck Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and by, by uh proximity, fuck Clint Eastwood for making that movie. Mm. I hate it. I hate that movie. I think it's actively a horrible film. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, my next one uh, under the over that, however that works, is Theory of Everything. Fuck that movie. That movie sucks. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because Michael Keaton uh, lost the his very well earned Oscar to Eddie Redmayne, who is okay in that movie. Uh, that movie's just boring and it's terrible. And it, it made Stephen Hawking cry. Stephen Hawking can uh, go roll off a cliff. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the movie's terrible. I know he's dead. You leave me alone. <laughs> I was going to say nothing. Roll, it's like... <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, and uh, uh. my number three that is not on the list going in there is Imitation Game. Fuck that movie. That movie sucks. I hate it. <laughs> uh, it is boring. It is dull. And it makes Alan Turing look boring and dull. Alan Turing didn't deserve that. And uh, fuck that movie. The movie sucks. It's terrible. Those all oh, those three movies are all bad. <laughs> the Academy should be embarrassed for nominating for them for anything, let alone giving anything to any of those movies. Fuck those movies. All those make everything I said about Birdman seem like I shouldn't have said it. Okay. <laughs> My top 20. Here we go. Number 20, Snowpiercer. Movie fucking rules. Movie's Ooh. fucking awesome. I'm so happy it's I finally amazing. watched that. Jennifer Connelly's in the show. She's hot as fuck. <laughs> uh, number 19, Richard Ayoade's The Double, starring two Jesse Eisenbergs. That movie fucking rules. Uh, number 18, David Michaud's The Rover. The first time I saw uh, Robert Pattinson in anything where I was like, wait a minute, hold on. What is this guy doing? He's the best actor in the world. Also, Guy Pierce is in it. He's the best actor in the world. This movie fucking rules. See it. Uh, the One I Love by Charlie McDowell. Fire! Check that one out. That movie's great. Uh, it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Uh, number 16, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because as I said, it is consistently Marvel's best property. Uh, number 15, and I think this movie does not make it in my top 20. Probably not my top 50. Birdman. Telling you, I was very taken by this movie when I saw it in the theater. It has no rewatch value at home. Fair enough. Uh, number 14, a film that is infinitely rewatchable, Chef. It's so good. John Favreau is amazing. This movie fucking rules. Nice. Need more people to realize how awesome John Favreau is. And I love the fact that John Favreau does not give a fuck. Yeah. John He's Favreau. Being has John no Favreau. time for your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, that movie's about how much he hated making Iron Man 2. I love it. <laughs> uh, number 13, Ida. The Pavel Pavelski film that won Best Foreign Language Film. Oh, It's nice. very sad. Mm. Uh, my number 12 uh, and Best Picture nominee, Selma. Love Selma. Beautiful film. My number 11, and probably is going to get me run out of town for putting it over Selma, Big Hero 6. No, Big Hero 6 is amazing. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. It is still the best Marvel Disney property, and that's going to be a real funny statement here in a minute. (laughs) Uh, My number 10, Gone Girl. Love me some Fincher. Love me some Affleck. Love me some Rossman Pike. Love me some Gone Girl. Yeah, love some Affleck dick. Yeah, Uh, a friend of mine who read the book before the movie was like, oh, so how did you think it compared to the book? And I was like, I haven't read it. She's like, that must have been weird for you. (laughs) It was. I like when things get weird. Yeah. My number nine Best Picture nominee, a film that Zach needs to see, Whiplash. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking good. My number eight, and would fall down to maybe around my... 15 or 16 now, uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I still love that movie. I need to rewatch it at some point, especially before uh, New World Order comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is a foreign language film called Big Bad Wolves. Oh, check that out. It's really weird. Cool. 
my number six, a film I think might go a little bit higher today because it's one of the films I think about mostly all the time now, uh, Nightcrawler. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. That movie's incredible. That uh, it, it, it sticks with me, makes me uneasy still. Yeah, it is a very uneasy film. Uh, my number five film that Jonathan got to figure find out how exactly amazing it was, and he touted it as being one of the most amazing films he's ever seen. Only Lovers Left Alive, the Jim Jarmusch <laughs> film. <laughs> was that the vampire one? Yes. Yeah. I know, I was being sarcastic. I know. Jarmusch I, I is just... another guy that's hard to get into sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My number four. Four, which I think I flip with my number three today because it is still one of my all-time favorite movies, the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. I saw it four times in the theaters. <laughs> Best uh, use of Chris Pratt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number three, Bid Wheatley's A Field in England. It's about a couple of guys escaping a war and getting high on mushrooms. Ooh. It is one of the weirdest films you've ever seen. Sweet. If I don't know your number two, then I know your number one. I know your number two and number one, I'm pretty sure. Okay, hit me with my number two and my number one. See if you can guess which order they're in. I kind of cheated because I've probably seen some lists. Number two is Grand Budapest. Number one is Boyhood. Am I correct? Jonathan, is that your guess as well? No. Okay. I have your number two at Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and your number one at Grand Budapest. Okay, well, I'm going to... Break your heart for a second. God damn it. Quick, Jonathan, and say, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I I wrote this list out to 50. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is my number 21. Oh. I I really, really like Dawn. War would be in my top five of the year it came out. I That's think. fair. That's fair. Uh, but no, uh, Zach hit it right on the head. Grand Budapest Hotel is my number two. That film is was the most Wes Anderson film, Wes Anderson-y film that I had seen until I got the pleasure of seeing uh, French Dispatch. <laughs> I think I still like Grand Buda- Budapest Hotel more. I, yeah. I think it has a lot more to say and has a much more in-depth characters, but I, I think it's just that Grand Budapest sticks with one story, whereas French Dispatch does multiple. Yeah, uh, I love Grand Budapest Hotel. It's gorgeous and everything is incredible uh in fact uh in my list here i put this movie was anderson at his most wes anderson yes my number one is boyhood i think boyhood is one of the greatest artistic statements of the decade probably of all time uh richard lankletter brought so much humanity to this film and just let the film exist instead of chalking it full of drama it is the quintessential slice of life film Mm -hmm. because there's so many times where i would get drawn into a scene and i'd be and something would happen in the scene i'm like oh is the scene gonna end like this and it doesn't at all right it's like oh okay so we're not manufacturing drama for the sake of drama like some birdman films that we saw (laughs) uh it is letting these characters exist in a in the world that they exist in and uh, I love this film so much, and I cried through probably the last 30 minutes of it. Uh, I had just become a father in 2014 and mm-hmm. was full of anxiety about this, and this film came out and was like, you you can only do the best you can as a parent. 
So do the best you can as a parent. They're going to be okay. Hopefully. And that was, yeah. And and that was the message I needed to hear at the time I needed to hear it. And link letters, link letters, surprisingly good at that for me. Yeah. Uh, he's so, so fucking weird. Yes, he he's so weird. Just I love his sense. career. His career's bizarre and it's wonderful. And he is one of our finest filmmakers. And uh, everybody watch Apollo Ten and a Half on Netflix. It's also very, very good. Yeah, I I just love his dialogue, and it's never up its own ass. No, when, it when, really isn't. When I first uh, finished Boyhood. Um, I had sort of a uh, a feeling of of uh, not dissatisfaction, but you know, I didn't know fully what to expect. But you know, on, on reflection, as time went on, it was so bold not to give those forced um, situational drama or action or whatever. And, and it, like you said, it just he just let it breathe and he let it be, and it's a better film for it. Yeah, and I like that. The film is just pretty much the, the idea of the film is there are no real answers. Yeah. You just find, do what you do. Find the people that, you know, that you can be yourself with. Uh, oh, did it, yeah, did it deserve best picture? No, no, it didn't. Uh, Birdman's not very good. There we go. It's, it doesn't suck like those other three movies suck, <laughs> but it's going, it's going right in the middle. I gave it three stars. So it's going right in the middle of those three movies that suck. Fuck those movies and the other nominees that are all in my top 20 that are great and deserve to be there. There you go. All right. Well, Zach. Hi. Is this the worst best picture? No. I like this movie and I gave it four stars. I have it ranked at number 40. So there we go. Quick and to the point. I I needed you to go a little bit longer because I forgot to list mine. Yeah. Jerk. (laughs) Four stars, four zero. The fours speak to the faces that we have, that we show the world. The Birdman face, our actor face, our self, and our intimate sex face. The four faces. Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Um, I also agree. This is not the worst best picture at all um i have it at my number 43 uh in between rain man and dancing with wolves yeah paul is this the worst best picture no like i said it's it's too pedestrian and mundane to be the worst it's ideas about art are dumb but it's got a it's pretty to look at and it's got a lot of good actors giving good performances even if they're not given anything to do uh, Naomi Watts gives way too much to this film and it doesn't deserve her. So uh, I think the nicest thing about this movie is the the number I ranked it at. 69. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 69, <Nice>. dude. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call this one tonight, gents. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, and on the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-E-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name, and Paul. You can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and 
letterbox where I'm doing a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, you know what? I want to talk about a movie that made me sob uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. The documentary, This Is Guar. Oh. Mm. Did I think I, I was going to cry during a Guar documentary? No. Did I? Oh, yeah. Really? It, I, it hit me out of nowhere. I grabbed it for the collection, but now I feel like I need to watch it. I'm telling you, once they everybody starts talking about David Brocky's death, mm. it hit me in a way I was not expecting. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm I'm not the biggest Guar fan. I like Guar a lot. I still have never seen them in concert. Um they still tour. Yep. Uh and I think they're even coming here soon. Because mm-hmm. you know they're from Richmond. Right. And they yeah. play in Norfolk all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like that's a Norva show if I've ever heard yeah. one. Uh also Weird Owls in the documentary, so you know I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, this is Guar. It's shockingly good. Fair enough. Also, okay. man, while I was at while I was out in DC two weeks ago, they did a premiere at the Bird for this film with oh, Guar wow. in attendance. And oh, holy I crap, would have loved to have done that. Oh wow, yeah. But I didn't know that was going on, and I moved the DC plans way too far in advance. Fair <laughs> that's, enough. That's about the most Richmond thing I've heard since the Civil War. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we got to go out on that one. Oh, what are we watching next week? Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to watch something. I've got a feeling Paul is going to enjoy a whole lot more. We're watching Spotlight, which you can rent on Google, YouTube, or Vudu, or stream with premium subscriptions to Amazon, Fubo TV, Hulu, uh, Hulu, or Hulu. Shoot, Showtime. <laughs> My mouth <laughs> is broken. Showtime. Get it? No, don't get, get it. it. Showtime's a fucking thing. Yeah. It's like an add-on to every other subscription. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. You want to watch this? You got to get Showtime. Yeah, we're still a thing. (laughs) That's our new slogan. Yeah, we're still a thing. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't gone anywhere. (laughs) Cinemax. We're not just softcore porn. (laughs) Stop calling us Cinemax. (laughs) All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Open Adventure. Thanks for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarRistyPod. And on Facebook, the OscarRistyPodcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Algorithm. Attorney and love. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, MCU is not cinema. Maybe Birdman is. So, four. Jonathan. Zach. And you know, I don't want to thank anyone for this movie. I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>